Hey, squirrel friends. While you were busy untucking in Jenna's dressing room, Julie was telling me a painful story about her teenage years. Just joshing, who's actually in this episode speaking. Hey, Josh. We, of course, were watching Secret and Lies, the eighth episode of season two of 30 Rock, and my strategy for making friends. Welcome to Blurg Gemstones. I'm Nick. I'm Julie. In this week's episode, Tracy earns a fake award, aren't they all, for his commitment to living every week like it's sharking week. Jenna commits to being even crazier rather than being committed to a mental institution where she belongs. Step up, Patrice! And Cece betrays the little orange people in pursuit of a relationship with Jack. This is Blurg. Let's get into it. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers! We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week. Like a shock week. May I take your coat? Oh, yes, thank you. I'm sorry, I'm late. The other guests have already arrived and are in the dining room. Oh, hi, Liz. Lemon. Is this everyone? Well, we had a longer invite list, but we thought for the sake of discretion... We had to eliminate anybody with any influence or connections or stature, so that pretty much left you. And then we added Kenneth, so you would have somebody to talk to. <clears throat> What's your favorite pizza topping? Mine's plain, but I like others. I have to say, you are the most beautiful woman in this room right now. Liz, tell me a painful story about your teenage years. What did you think of this episode overall? Did it give you good feelings, good vibes? What did you think? This was a sleeper hit for me. From the get-go, I enjoyed this much more than I remember ever having done so in the past, or I expected to. This was a super fun. From the moment that cold open, I know Tina Fey has won 47 actual awards for her portrayal of Liz Lemon. But man, that cold open alone, she won all of them right there. And I think that Edie Falco being such a good actress just makes it great. Because, you know, Jack mostly dates younger, gorgeous, and she is just amazing. So she's a, she's a mafioso's wife. She is who she is. Did you watch The Sopranos? No. Me either. No shame. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I watched Nurse Jackie. Yes, me too. Much more style. <laughs> Depressing. <laughs> Sad. We gotta be who no. we are. We open in Jack's office, and it's Cece and Jack, and they're getting a little early morning frisky on, and they're worried that maybe somebody's going to catch them, and Jack says not to worry. It's really for the creative types, and I sent my assistant to a non-existent Italian bakery out in Queens. We see poor Jonathan at a garage talking to a mechanic, freaking out. Just gave you the address. He never makes mistakes. I can't go back without the... I'll feel free to let you let pronounce that word. I was waiting on you. Well, I, I know that's wrong. I can't say it, but I know that's <laughs> that's wrong. Do you know what it is? It's an Great. Italian food. It is a shell-shaped filled oh Italian my God. pastry native to Campania. So the that means small, thin leaf layer. Uh, Emma, do you know how to pronounce that since you're a baker? Spogliatelli. Spogliatelli. It looks good, right? I mean, it's like a... does look good. Clamshell shaped croissant filled with some sort of Italian pastry. Looks yeah. amazing. Like cream horn. Yes, cream <laughs> horn. So Jonathan's out trying his hearse, hardest to get it back to him. <laughs> and he's almost ending up in a hearse with that anxiety. Am I right? <laughs> Cece says to Jack, as he's like seriously fondling her for more early morning. I do like how sometimes 
The difference between you and Liz Lemon is barely distinguishable. When you say some early morning frisky business, it's like, <laughs> can't say lovers unless it's between meat and pizza. That can't is a classic say doing line. it. One of the best. Yeah. I'm just saying for actors, he really has like his hands on her. Edie Falco strikes me as one of those people who like gets in there drunk before she got sober, slaps him in the face and is like, let's do this. Let's go all in. Well, he said, take off your pantsuit. And she says, right back at you. Hot. Liz walks in. Why isn't the door even I know. Why all the way hard? or locked? Someone could be there cleaning. Something could be going on. Come on. Come on. So Al, uh, Alec, Jack is shocked that Lemon's there so early. And she said she's given up caffeine. And she went to bed at 9.30. 5.30. 5.30. 5.30. Which... <laughs> A dream. As soon as it, I took a nap, as soon as I heard that line, I was like, going to bed early feels amazing. I will I will do so right now for a little bit. Just a touch. Scotch of a nap. And Jack, ever quick on the draw. Liz, I'd like you to meet a business associate of mine. Lakeisha Gutierrez uh, Arafat. <laughs> so Cece says, I like your necklace out of nervousness. And Liz uh, tells her that it's a rape whistle, but the whistle part fell off. And I just liked how it looked. She's the like, man in which... The manner in which she said that, the full cadence, was comedic gold. I feel like Where's I did it identically. I feel like I did it identically. <laughs> Sometimes it is indistinguishable. You and Liz Lemon, that was not one of those moments. She's like, I'm going to leave you to it. It being business, of course. I call the movie Risky Business, Risky It, because it means business. Now, do you know the 1983 Risky Business movie with Tom Cruise? Yes. Wow. Uh... We know things. Well, yeah, I've seen Tom Cruise in his prime before he went Scientology crazy, was a, it was an attractive sight. He was always Scientology crazy. Was he? Because mm, he was like married to what's-her-face Mimi Rogers at that point and got into Scientology right then, and that's why they went... How do you revoke historical erections? Because I would like to do so now. <laughs> and then she says her best line, lemon out. She does it so well, and they're just like, oh, my God, to nobody, you know? That was the most relatable moment, walking away, having seen something so scandalous, and just already texting the person that you're going to reveal the secret to. So, Act 2 enters. We're in the writer's room, and Frank enters wearing a Harvard sweatshirt and a hat that says, Atlantis Lifeguard. So, yes, Tufer obviously takes a front to this. He says so in... Very highfalutin language, of which I understood almost nothing, because I did not attend Harvard, nor did I complete college. So he's affronted by this. Frank stays firm to his belief that he had the whole Harvard experience by giving one of the worst euphemisms for a handjob that I think I've ever heard, a squeezer, from an Indian chick, and that was the crux of being at Harvard. Did not like... I had to look up squeezer. I didn't realize it meant hand job. I mean, it makes sense. You. It does. Walk <laughs> the process of you googling squeezer. I just went for like fun facts about Thirty Rock episode blah blah blah, and there's like a fan wiki site, and they were like, squeezer means hand job. This means that. I was like, honey, Frank's hat said these things. It's called research. I wish I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew how to quit you. So. Tufer's upset, but I, I mean, it is a common trope that anyone from Harvard brings up that they went to Harvard constantly, that they are super annoying and no one cares, right? Yeah. It's like you've got a vegan, someone who does CrossFit, and someone who went to Harvard in a room who talks about it first. They all simultaneously do. I know you're a vegan. You're one of the good ones. Veganism is great. It's saving the earth. 
Thank you. So Jack is waiting in Liz's office. He's all upset. She's like, the woman you met in my office this morning, she's not a colleague of mine. We are lovers. <laughs> and Tina Fey, Liz Lemon, says one of the most eminently quotable lines of this entire series. That word bums me out unless it's between meat and pizza. Mm, meat lovers lovers. Is, I don't know. I feel like when I see an older couple that calls each other their boyfriend, girlfriend, I think that's super cute. But something about lovers just bums me out as well. Do you remember the SNL sketch when Will Ferrell would be like, we are lovers, and they'd be like <laughs> making out in the hot tub next to you, and you're just like, hilarious. So he tells her that it's Cece, Celeste Cunningham, and she's the congresswoman that's trying to destroy the company for allegedly turning some children orange. Quick flashback to last episode. We find out, A, that NBC is owned by a company named Shineheart Universal. B, Celeste coming, coming. <laughs> Sorry, she got a squeezer. Now she's Cunningham. Cut it out. Celeste Cunningham. Cut it out. <laughs> I, I wish I could. Um, Celeste Company. Oh, my God. Celeste Cunningham. Sorry. Just I, call I, her CC. CC. <laughs> is a Democratic congresswoman who is representing these orange children who live near the Chickatawa River that was turned orange by the dye from the wigs that Shineheart produced. You're all caught up. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So herein lies the dilemma. This corporation has a very strict bros before hose policy. I'm not sure that that's a joke. I think that's just corporate America. <laughs> that's just the world. Uh, so. Liz is like, you must really like her because if not, why would you care? And you must have some serious feelings. And he's like, if you can't say lovers, if I can't say lovers, you can't say feelings. Which is most upsetting to you, truly? Oh, lovers for sure. I talk about yeah. my feelings all the time about cancer. I'm for Enneagram cancer. It's all about feeling. I feel, I feel, I feel. You're four? I thought you were two. I'm a two. I feel, I feel, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack invites you to a dinner party. Has Liz ever gone to a dinner party that goes well? We'll find out later when Steve Martin um, guest stars Gavin, that Gavin, Gavin Valor, sure. I believe his name is Valor, right? Because Sasha yeah. Valor is his daughter. <laughs> She's never had a successful outcome, and this one's no different. We find out later that it is just her and Kenneth and some oh. flashcards. We'll where, dive where in. Where do you think you're going? Where, nowhere. Can you <laughs> nowhere. I'm just a small town lesbian having a good chat. No, he invites her to dinner and says, please be discreet and try not to dress like a small town lesbian. And then so people don't think they were, I don't know, talking about actual work. He announces loudly to the writers, well, Lemon, that was a good chat. Good luck with that alopecia problem of yours while gesturing to his groin area. To which she should have just shut up. She's like, oh, come on. I don't have that. Very hairy. Very hairy. <laughs> if you had to pick an off the cuff, spontaneous illness for me, which would it be? I think they make an ointment for that now. You should try it. Like, leave it vague. And just oh, that out. would cut deep. Yeah, that would cut deep. Because then everyone's imaginations get to run wild with what you need ointment for. Please never do that to me. <laughs> Doing it right now. It's amazing for the entire world to hear. He literally just kind of walked out, closed the door, and left. It's comedy. It's He's comedy. her boss. He's allowed to talk to her in her office. So now we go to my favorite character, Jenna. And now we go to my genuine favorite character, Jenna. No, How you no doing? I'm slowly but surely turning you against her as the show goes on. In what world? If you listen back, you realize what's up with her. Do you listen back? All I do. All day long. I just listen All I do is win, 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 no matter what. What, what, what? So Jenna's won an award. You remember that movie she filmed? 
a movie version of Mystic Pizza the Musical? It's how she got fat. Do I? I, uh, I don't. <laughs> so the NY City Critics Association, Julie, did you Google that? Is that real? I didn't. I don't think it's real. But she won the coveted Best oh, Actress in a Movie based on a Musical based on a movie. So that's great. Makes me <laughs> Has that happened? Me. Can you think of something? There's movie based on... A musical based, based on, a, on musical. a movie. So Could a movie be that the producers. Became... The producers was a movie that became a stage musical, but didn't become a movie again. Hmm. Anyway. Well, because the producers did become a movie again. It did? The well, yeah. 2005 version. So I get I get credit for that, right? Yeah. You get you credit. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's actually Tracy who's like, how much longer are we going to talk about the stupid award? Oh, you're right. Sorry. Like, where are the french fries I did not ask for? He's like, you guys need to anticipate me. Forget it. He's like, I can't rehearse today. Liz is super sad because it's going to be one of those weeks. She looks at Pete. He's like, nope, I talked to him last time when he wanted to change his name to Wise Greasy Bastard. Which I don't mind as a name, as a persona, as an individual. Wise greasy bastard feels like he could give me a lot of wisdom. But you've wise. already got old dirty bastard. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a play off that, right? Yes, but I don't think it works. <laughs> That's right. We can have difference of opinions. You hate Jenna. I love her. So Tina's all upset, or Liz's all upset, and she's like, oh, monsters, it's... why did I create you? Which I understand that feeling for sure. Mm-hmm. I will say her cadence in the comedy throughout this entire episode is just pure mint. Just, it's just the way she's saying, she elevates the lines, all right? This is not my application for the New York City Critics Association, but (laughs) could I be a member? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) One of my favorite moments of this episode, maybe it's because I've watched all of these so many times that parts that I had initially glossed over, I'm now dying for. But the little animated feature with Shaquille O'Neal, where they're like amoebas or some shit, and Tracy says... (laughs) What you call what we did last night sex just absolutely sent me to the moon and beyond. Now, I had terrible animation Shaq as a shark dolphin because of the wing, the tail. It looked Heard. like a whale tail. And Tracy looked like an octopus with not enough arms You're and right, a baseball right. hat. I'm just it's guessing. Where's, where's the New York City Critics Award for that? We can be the Cincinnati Critics Circle Award at the CCC. Nice. CC. CC Cunningham. We're Celeste Cunningham, Congressman. Yes. Hi, CCC. <laughs> so Shaquille O'Neal, famous, famous giant basketball star, seven feet, 300 pounds, says in the cartoon, boy, I hope we can rescue the starfish on the adventure. It'll be a slam dunk. And then Tracy, Tracy says, says, would you call what? <laughs> would you call what we did last night? It's <laughs> just so good. In a children's movie that he spent two days making from his house. And what did he get? A million dollars, a yellow Bentley, and nothing. I never win anything. <laughs> Look at this coffee cup my kids got me for Father's Day. It says world's number four father. Which is still among the fathers in the world. That is like upper 1% of 1% of 1%. So I think I told you guys I rewatched all of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yes. And uh, Chris Rock was doing a re, like, a, he just wanted to bring in some comedians one day to help punch up a script. And he brought in Tina Fey and uh, Louis C.K. pre canceling for one day's work, five hours, comedians reading through a script and punching up the jokes, gave each one of them a Rolex and $5,000. So this is not unusual to do very little work for something and then put something expletive on the back of the Rolex, but I can't remember what it was. But in two separate comedians in cars, they both told um, Jerry about it. I was like, wow. 
such a small world. And they're friends with Jerry Seinfeld and I'm friends with all of them. So <laughs> I basically am a comedian in a car with Jerry Seinfeld. Meanwhile, I should just give up and try this crystal meth I've been hearing so much about because I'm friends with none of them. She's like, you don't have to do that. You won an award. Didn't I tell you? Come on, Lemon. <laughs> was I supposed to do that there? Yeah, that was really, <laughs> I saw it in your eyes. Crazy. You're welcome. Yeah, you're getting a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Pacific Rim Emmys. He loves the Pacific Rim, <laughs> where he spent nine months in Japan shooting Samurai. I am a Rai. Why is that hilarious to me? <laughs> that cracks me up every time. Because it's very RuPaul's humor. Like someone would come down the runway in a Japanese-inspired kimono thing, and he would absolutely say, Samurai, I am a Rai. Utica. <laughs> You the queen. <laughs> True. I mean, all these years of RuPaul, it's now like built into my... I didn't think those things were funny before. I used to hate puns. Look at me now! <laughs> you fell in love with their culture. Much like Tracy fell in love with sharking. It's considered a crime here. Thanks a lot, Puritans. <laughs> and in most places, it should also be considered a crime. Is that a thing that people actually did? I know that there was a big controversy, not that this is an indictment on Japan, but I know it happened in Japan where there were all these toilet cams and people were secretly recording women urinating. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> also on an episode of Law & Order SVU. There it is. Nice. Oh my gosh. So I Googled it and Japan struggles to overcome its groping problems. Uh, sharking is proliferating in Mexico. <laughs> Jesus. Women robbed of underwear while walking home. Oh my God! Sharking in the earth. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Like genuinely, (laughs) my God, hilarious. So now he's all excited and he's ready to hit rehearsal. He's like, I don't want to disappoint my Japanese public, especially Godzilla. I'm just kidding. I know he doesn't get what humans do. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody is better at delivering those insane lines in a deadpan way that I totally believe them better than Tracy Morgan. Uh, Liz tells Pete, "I need you to make a Pacific Rim Emmy." He's like, props has an old basketball trophy. We'll solder some wings on it. It'd be great. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Up comes Jenna and her sensuality. And no self-awareness saying, it's unbelievable the lengths you go to to keep that guy happy. Just him. He's the only one. He's it's the only special like kid. super patronizing way she says it with her sensuality. <laughs> I don't yeah. get that kind of treatment. She's like, I don't have to treat you like that because you're the sane one. She's like, you're my rock. So now we've so got we Frank and Tuber. Go ahead. Talk. Would you call this a B, a C, or a D storyline? I think that CC and Jack are the B lines. It's probably the C. Maybe the okay. D. What's the A then? I don't know. They all seem about evenly ensembled this week. Yeah. So he comes in with a modified hat. It's a bowler this time because he's fancy. He went to Harvard. He's no longer wearing the trucker dad hats. Good for him. He's evolving. And he's spewing all these random facts about Harvard. He lived in the Lowell House. He was a member of the Signet Society. Hold. So, the Lowell <laughs> right, House. you know, first. Pause. Yes. <laughs> so, this is the elite of the elite of the elite, right? House traditions in the Lowell House include a master's tea on Thursdays, a May Day waltz at dawn on the week's footbridge high table. Who knows? Insanity. So, the Signet Society celebrates most of the arts, including music, visual arts, and theater. Members active are these. So this is what's listed on Wikipedia. Amy Brenneman, Tommy Lee Jones, Rashida Jones, John Lithgow, Conan O'Brien, Natalie Portman, James Two First Spurlock, fictional character from the TV show, <laughs> 30 Rock, and Whit Stillman. 
I just thought that was hilarious that they made it into Wikipedia as someone who's actually in the Signet Society. That is the upside down world we are living in right now. I didn't realize that um, Rashida Jones was in the Signet Society. Um, but the rest of them you did, you knew Amy Brenneman and Tommy <laughs> Jones. Uh, where is Jenna? I'm gonna take a nap. Wake me up if Andy Dick calls. Is this fun for you, being difficult? Oh, it is. I should have been doing it the whole time. You have been, Jenna. You have always been difficult. You think Tracy gets special treatment? I don't think. I know. Uh-huh. Well, I coddle the crap out of you, too. Your online fan club? That's me. I made Frank set that up as a punishment after he farted in my chair. And when you did that morning radio show the other week, every caller was me. I am loving all of your characters. Thanks for calling, Sanjay. I really believe in karma. And this award you just got? It's a cookie. Ooh, crunch. I don't want to do this stuff, but I have to because you're so insecure you get jealous of babies for their soft skin. And how much attention they get. I have lost years of my life taking care of you. I lie awake at night wondering what fresh hell tomorrow will bring. I don't sleep, I don't eat right, thanks to you and Tracy Jordan, mostly you. Oh, Liz, <laughs> that's all I wanted to hear. So Tracy comes up, he's like, Liz Lemon, when am I leaving for Japan? Because I have to arrange for a snake nanny. Perfectly normal. No problems there. <laughs> and Liz is like, well, I didn't think you would actually want to go because it's tonight, it's in Japan, so I'm going to mail it to you. Tracy is beside himself saying, no, no, my kids need to know I'm not number four, dad. I'm number one in Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim Tracy is on top. So it has to at least be via satellite, which is fine. Super easy. It's going to be 4 a.m., but everyone's going to go along with it for sure. I know she could, since he's never going to check the actual time difference, she could have made it at 11 in the morning or something to make her life easier than four. Well, I think she was, I think she was still trying to dissuade him from doing it. It's like, well, you have to wake up. Do you know okay. Tracy Jordan? He's just going to stay up and party all night. Remember when he didn't know what time it was because they kept switching all of his clocks? <laughs> you could easily do that to me, by the way. With this daylight savings time, I'm like, which clock is the truth? Because like the microwave and the stove don't change, but your phone does. I'm like, the phone's the truth. The phone's the truth. Then you get in your car <laughs> and you're like, now what? <laughs> this is Julie's not the point because I got old. It's just something that's always been there. <laughs> Julie's gotten to the point of her pandemic quarantine status where she just has paint all over her walls that say, what is time? She's turned into Salvador Dali and there's just like clocks that she melts. I got to keep myself busy. So Jenna is disgusted that they're doing this for um, Tracy, but he's like, I couldn't do it with my background players. That's why I want you and Josh to be there for my award. Then afterwards, yeah, you to hold it. Yeah. And then he makes matters worse by saying, Liz Lemon knows who keeps the lights on around here. And I'm pretty sure it's Kenneth because he does pretty much everything. He's an exterminator in this episode. He's a rent a date for a dinner party. Um, He's an immortal being. He's the best, way better than Jenna. So Jenna says, Come on, man. Tracy's like, I'm sorry, he's an idiot. And Jenna's like, Don't blame him. You're the one who rewards his bad behavior. You give him anything he wants. Me, I can't even get a real exterminator to get that squirrel out of my dressing room. Pan to <laughs> Kenneth, who has a tennis racket and a garbage can. No, don't move like that. No, ow. 
it's like the writing. Are they flirting with me at this point? We've got Jenna speaking in a scene. We've got Kenneth doing something crazy. There's a tennis racket. <laughs> I see you, NBC. All right, where's my shine art wig? Because that's how you really get me. Everybody looks good in a shine art wig. <laughs> so Liz shows up at Jack's house for dinner. Surprisingly, there's a coat check girl, considering there are two people coming. Well, they intended to have a larger list, but they thought for the sake of discretion, they needed to eliminate anyone with influence, connections, stature. And that but once you did that, or wouldn't Liz, Liz, I'm wouldn't so sorry. cancel the coat check girl at that point or say you don't have to give people a ticket. There's only going to be two people. You're reading so much into this. Rich people don't think like we do. Okay. True. 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 Money is no object and people are servants. And then we added Kenneth. So you would have someone to talk to. And obviously Kenneth has also gotten a list of questions on how to <laughs> small talk with people. What's your favorite pizza topping? Mine's plain. Mine's plain. <laughs> but I like others. <laughs> and then Jack being super sensitive says to Cece, you know, you're the most beautiful woman in this room right now. When it comes to ocular acting, Juliana Margulies and Tina Fey are some of the most talented people on this planet. And case in point, this episode, her eye rolls, nuance, so controlled, so beautiful. It's just, it's a true talent. Juliana Margulies, it's pretty much just his eyebrows. She's very emotive with her, her upper, her, her eye hair, her eyebrows. You know? Yes. Thank you for explaining that. You're so welcome. Eye hairs are eyebrows. Now, Julie, so, tell me a painful story about your teenage years. As kind yeah. of, aren't they all painful stories? <laughs> yes. That's fair. That's just what the teenage years are about. But I did love a boy named Todd. I was a freshman. He was a senior. He did not love me at all. And I thought he was saying hi to me. I was at the top of the stairs, but he was saying hi to his very orange girlfriend, possibly poisoned, at the Chocolate <laughs> Chocolate River. Dana. And so I got so excited to wave to him that I clipped my own feet and rolled down the stairs in front of him. Oh my God. In the main hall of Walden Hills High School. Jesus. Oh my God. Is that the dent? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, we went to the same high school. Many years apart. So now we're in the studio for the fake presentation. And Pete says, all right, let's fake this. And then, I mean, the red light's on. They're doing a great job. Um, we've got Jenna up there looking stunned. Then we've got Tracy accepting the winged monstrosity basketball player demon monster. And Josh is there. What up, buddy? Hey, how are and you? And Lemon has her hair up, which is a very rare occasion. So he gives a speech. He's like, I'd like to thank my wife, my two sons, Tracy Jorman and George Foreman, <laughs> who are both asleep. This Josh dude. Liz Lemon, bald-headed Pete for setting up the satellite, <laughs> and of course, a very special blonde lady. Shelly Long, you're truly an inspiration to me. And then, to throw salt in Jenna's open wound, says, and finally, I'd like to thank you, Pacific Rimmers, for all that you've given us, karaoke, karate, and most of all, Wanazami Ataku, shark attack. And then he pulls Jenna's dress down, revealing her breasts. Which she is not surprisingly. She's not about. She's humiliated she that care. Tracy could not thank me. Are you kidding me? She dragged herself out of bed at four in the morning, went home, <laughs> got dressed, and then came here. He doesn't even mention my name, but Jenna, this whole thing's fake. But he thought it was real. So interestingly, I googled Wanazami Ataku. Yes. And I found a- myself on WordPress with 
an article containing the word Jenna and crazy person, <laughs> but it is not about Jenna from 30 Rock. Weird. It's a zombie story. It <laughs> ends with, for the record, I would still love Jenna and stay with her if she was a shark. Sharks are awesome. They eat racist. Fact. Beautiful. Well, it looks like wanazami means shark. So sharking. Wanazami ataku means a shark. Shark attack. Shark attack. Nice. I probably should have figured that out on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenna decides she's going to start acting like Tracy so she can get what she wants. Just like he can do whatever he wants. She'd like Liz to leave so she can lock herself in her own place. And then she yells out, ah, the squirrel. <laughs> not afraid of people. <laughs> so Cece goes to see Liz in the hopes of finding some solace about what to do about Jack. Yes. Yeah. And finds a woman who has her bra taped together with literal tape who forgot her own birthday the day prior. Would you take advice from that person? I would. No, but I would definitely want to play celebrity with somebody that I was as good at as Jack and Cece are. Did that not remind you of me in any game, Liz, when she's just like, could you pull your shit together? We've got a game to win. Well, haven't you ever been stuck with a person who's like, this is not a person from TV. This is not a person from the Bible. And you're like, oh my God. She's like, you can't pass, you hillbilly. So Liz apologizes. She doesn't normally slap people, but what are you going to do? She's also wearing basically whatever I wear when I have to go to a Jewish Seder dinner. And if you're an unmarried woman, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you're unmarried, you go to the children's side of the table. So you have to sit with little kids because you're not married. But I think I have that exact dress and I did wear it to a Seder one night. It looks like a very nice Seder dinner shirt dress. Again, NBC is flirting with me. Venus Williams is one of the solutions. Captain Beefheart, don't know him. Sure, I'd love him. He's on the gin bottle, isn't he? Captain Beefheart. Ah! I could be wrong. (laughs) Which, that is nice. Because remember that time you fell asleep? Captain Beefheart. (laughs) So she's like, I can't sneak around anymore. And then Cece gets off the elevator looking like Mario or Luigi with a plunger. Like, oh, I'm a plumber. I'm here to fix the washing machine. (laughs) She doesn't make any sense. Come right in, Mr. Spuccinelli. Why try that hard? You have so many shine her wigs at your disposal. I know. She wants to stay with him. She doesn't want to hide. But obviously, they have super awesome chemistry. I want them to make it. So, and all Liz wants is another Three Musketeers bar. The same thing she had for breakfast. Which is a reasonable breakfast. It's got dairy in it. It's like having cereals. So now, Tupor's turning the tables, and he's wearing a Frank outfit with a hat that says Mom Expert, which has got a sting since Frank still lives with his mom. Okay, there's nothing wrong with living with your mom and your parents at an advanced age. True that. So they're like, oh no, escalation. He's like, that hat's not cool, jackass. My mom's a great lady. And she's and he says, Tupper says, was it her greatness that made your dad leave? He didn't leave. He didn't leave. Running silent. <laughs> of Josh- all the lies. And I love when people say things out loud that are completely unnecessary. Like, let's watch this instead of working. Like, just do it. You don't have to say it. Well, they had to throw Josh a line. He needed his SAG card. He gets a faux hawk thing in a minute when he becomes Dr. Haircut. Swift boat. <laughs> so Cece's up in Jack's office and she has sold her soul and sold out the kids for $5 million a kid so that they don't have to go on Oprah and they don't have to have their day in court all because she loves him. And he's like, that's NBA sexual assault money. Wow. A lot. And then Jack throws a curveball and says, 
Well, no, no, no. We still can't be seen together. He's still up for a big promotion. Everyone he works with hates her. In a year or so, which, I mean, maybe this is just me being damaged, but I'm like, well, he sees us together in a year. Agreed. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> so, I was also like, wow. <laughs> sad. Proving again that women will always compromise more and better than men. She's like, do you not understand what I've given up for you? Those little orange children deserve the day in court. Mostly, she just wanted to be on Oprah for her own political gain. What did she want to apologize for? I'm not going to. Why should I? And then Jack says, well, you shouldn't. I like when a woman has ambition. It's like seeing a dog wearing clothes. That is terrible. Now, then she's like, I was willing to give up all that up for you, but you're obviously not willing to do the same. First of all, they didn't have a conversation about it. She didn't say, let's do tit for tat. She just went out there and did this on her own. As I've learned from Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell's seemingly impossible marriage, you have to talk about these things always. I fell into a Dax and Kristen Bell on talk shows YouTube hole this week for sure. They're adorable. I love them so much. But recently they were like talking about, you know, marriage is work and this is what we have to go through. And I was like, that seems so hard. That's a lot. Of, that's so much work. That's so much work. It is. It's a lot of work. We I say mean, it's two single people. <laughs> so then she says, I never should have listened to a woman who taped her bra together. I don't think Lemon told her what to do. Well, I mean, she kind of implied. She was talking about her own experience and said, I've never done this for a man. And then she looked at her and I was like, well, I don't want to be that. I'm going to go to him. And then Liz holding her breast up was like, yeah, 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 I think so. I'm going to lick it. Fame. And as soon as she said a woman who tapes her bra together, Jack obviously knew it was Liz. He's like, lemon. She's like, don't worry, Jack. I'll sneak out of here through the freight elevator. as She's putting on a brunette Shineheart wig and glasses. Everyone looks good in a Shineheart. They do. She looks great. So something's, color. something's going down with Jenna. She told an NBC tour she was going to get them pregnant. Now there's two Tracys. And then seeing what she's created offers to switch jobs with the cantaloupe lady. So she's about to go into Jenna's office, but now up walks Frank and Tooper to tell her there's a serious crisis that they're mad at each other. <laughs> Which again, reminded me so this much sounds of like work. Workplace. It yeah, sound, this sounds- is exactly my workplace. Where it's just like, everyone has all these feelings and I am there for them, but in what world is it my number one priority as your boss to settle a squabble between adults? So she knocks on Jenna's door and a redheaded Sasha answers it. And she and Liz is like, is Jenna here? And he's like, bitch, are you in here? <laughs> well, that's me too. That is J. Jolie with red hair. <laughs> I did like Patrice though. Yes. A foreshadowing of Dufuan, don't you think? Yeah. Pre baby so. Dufuan. So my entourage said, I look tired. Oh, I also thought that Master Alexi looked like Jeremy Sisto. Ooh, a touch. Right? Yeah. Well done. From Clueless and one of the Law and Order incarnations. That was not my favorite. He's like, looks at Liz and he's like, and your name is probably something like Melissa, which nowadays we would be Karen, right? Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate how he really lingered on the, the list. It's <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> She's like, what do I need to do to make you feel appreciated and get them out of here? It's like, too late. You had your chance. Well, she has to get her eyeballs whitened, you see. Yes. She said, that's why you get for taking me for granted. She's like, deal with it. And then he says, oh, Melissa, your face is on the phone. Soccer practice is over and you'll need to pick it up. She's like, all right. That's a pretty good bird, Patrice. (laughs) I do appreciate how forgiving she was. And it's just like, you're right. Comedy is comedy. Yes. Gold. So good. 
So Jack is pissed at Lemon and hopes she's happy because he demanded they go public with their relationship, which is impossible. And you did it. She's like, I'm sorry, Jack. I was just saying what everyone's thinking. Well, she was like, I'm not happy. Why? It's like asking someone, (laughs) how are you in a pandemic? You don't want the real answer. No one's doing great. It's like, how are you doing? Well, I'm awake. So Jack's like, you don't understand. Nobody understands. And then the elevator door opens. Then it's James Carville. Oh, my God. I'll take the next one. So James Carville is a... Is he the liberal? Julie, why don't you take this? <laughs> well, he's a Democratic political advisor. He was a major with Clinton's um, campaign and senior advisor to him as a person. And he's married to Mary Madeline, who is a giant Republican political advisor who only talks out of the bottom of her mouth. I'm not really sure why they're married to each other because he seems like a lot of fun and she seems like a lot <laughs> like it. She really is one of the least charismatic people on the planet. So I don't know what she's doing behind the scenes. He's always out there like, what are you doing? What's going to happen? I've never heard him say Cajun style before, and I never need to hear him say Cajun style again. <laughs> Cajun style. But he's and definitely he might actually way better have. of an actor than Al Gore, don't you think? He's just so fun and like, giddy up and gumption. Ho, ho, ho. Like, how do you and Mary Madeline make it work? He's, she's a brilliant, patriotic Republican strategist. And let's face it, you are a pinko nut job. <laughs> <laughs> Mary and I have proved that true love can weather any storm, even deserts. So I didn't know the word pinko before this episode. Oh, really? Meaning, like commie? leftist, liberal. Yeah, commie. Uh, they used to say pinko commies. Okay. Yeah. Heard. I am. It's, one, so. it's me. I was like, it's me. <laughs> Hi. He's like, you need to get out in front of the story. Break the news on your own. Cajun style before your enemies find out. Dating a Democratic con- congresswoman. These guys will destroy me. He's like, Jack, if it's the opinions of others you're worried about. Or you learn something new, something about yourself, and you find out the reading you. rainbow. So Frank and Tupper are over their own shit at this point, and they're like, "What are we gonna do? If we give up our feud now, we'll be ridiculed." But they can't keep dressing like each other because Tupper has the New Yorker Festival next week. Um, Frank doesn't really have a reason. I think he's just tired of it, and <laughs> yeah. they find themselves trapped in a political minefield. How are they going to get out of it? James Carville here for, can I speak anymore? Like, what is happening to my voice? You're doing great. <laughs> he's here to the rescue, though. And he's like, you need to change the story by bringing up Demon himself, Carl Rove, and how he changed the last election, which was the 2004 one, I'm assuming. Yeah, because we're in 2007 now. So it was the Carrie George W. Bush. And he made it about gay folks and swift boats. What's your swift boat? Do you remember those fucking commercials? So yes. annoying. But you know what? That's That's been the Republican strategy. It's actually Frank Luntz, I believe, that came up with that with Karl Rove about changing the narrative and never answering a question and just, well, what about this thing? What about that? What about this? Never answering a question again. Oh, I hate them so much. So, I'm so glad we don't have to worry about swift boats or gay folks anymore. So, and then James Carville on the slides, like, you didn't hear from me, but Josh is starting to do something new with his. <laughs> <laughs> James Carville, you are absolutely right did quite well and then he's like drop me an email let me know how it goes he's like (laughs) you trying to steal candy from the vending machine and you think he's gonna yell at him he's like let me show you how it's done cajun style excuse me should we rename the podcast (laughs) cajun style no no all right so in comes master alexi and they're like what office should i put jenna's maroney's new writer in she's like what oh who said this guy gets an office no you like you let jenna take off in the middle of the day Tracy's pissed. If, you, if she gets to do that, then I'm going to do next week's show as my alter ego, Professor Cosmatosis. Which, when I Googled, gave me a translation in Bosnian that I did not quite understand. 
So no one knows where Jenna is. They're going to take a nap. Wake me up if Andy Dick calls, is what Jenna says. Gross. I think she went for you. Anything difficult? Oh, it is. I should have been doing this the whole time. You have been, Jenna. You have always (laughs) been difficult. You think Tracy gets special treatment? I coddle the crap out of you. Your online fan club? That's me. I made Frank set that up as a punishment after he farted in my chair. And when you did that morning radio show the other week, every caller was me. I am loving all of your characters. Thanks for calling, Sanjay. I really believe in karma. (laughs) And this award you just got, it's a cookie. And Liz takes a big old bite. You're like, oh my God. She's like, I don't want to do this stuff, but I have to because you're so insecure and you get jealous of babies in their soft skin. And how much attention they get. (laughs) (laughs) I've lost years of my life taking care of you. I lie away at night wondering what fresh hell tomorrow will bring. I don't sleep. I don't eat right. Thanks to you and Tracy Jordan, but mostly you. Twitch Jenna is on fucking cloud nine. That's all I wanted to hear. I'll be on stage in 10. I ruin your life. I'm a dramatic, manipulative monster. Ta-da! Thank you very much. And she'll even wait till tomorrow to talk about firing the melon ball lady. So sweet. And then (laughs) she starts pecking her face, which is super cute. And Liz Lemon was like, not the gates. It was cute. Also, it. great line. Not in front of the gays. <laughs> in front of the gays. They'll, they'll judge you. So Frank and Tufer enter the writer's room in their own garb. And they're like, hey, look who bailed on their lame feud. And Frank takes James Carville's advice and says, hey, what's up with Josh's new haircut? Dude, you got a frohawk, man. Do you think you're better than us? What? No, I don't. And then Liz Lemon, the comedy writer, says, I've got a new nickname for Josh. Dr. Haircut. So bad. <laughs> so bad. And he's like, it's not even my normal barber. It's my mom. And Which, Liz to be fair, my mom does cut my hair a lot. Doctor haircut. Doctor haircut. Are you going to cry? cry? <laughs> Why so- do we both love the evil line the most? <laughs> now, hold on. Before we leave this scene, uh, Frank is wearing a hat that says K-Fab hat. K-Fab on his hat. Do you yeah. know what that means? K-Fab? K-Fab. I'm thinking like prefab. So it is Fab actually parents. the portrayal of staged events within the industry as real or true associated with professional wrestling. Huh. Huh. I was thinking like Kevin Federline and somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh, Cece brings in the John Legend CD that Jack wanted. She doesn't know why he had to have it before noon. By the way, John Legend is some sexy ass music. Just a point of fact. Oh my God. That All of Me song? Oh. It's just like, that's when you have, that's when you turn the lights on during sex. It's like, <laughs> all of me, drink it in, see my flaws, and just go to town on them. Let me take off my top layer coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Julie just did a full reveal of one coat to another. It was very, whip my hair back and forth. There I didn't have. take the scarf off, though, because my sensuality is overwhelming. <laughs> so he says, it's just an excuse to get you here. I want you to have lunch with me. And she's like, Jack. He's like, I feel badly about what happened, but I have a plan. Do you trust me? She's like, oh my God, I don't know. So Titanic. So lovely. Amazing. Never let go, Jack. Do you get it? Because they're both named Jack. Yes. It's there. She says, I'm 43 and you have great hair. I can let this play out a little longer. He does have great hair. So great. So he takes her to lunch in the executive dining room. And she's freaking out. Like, these people do not want me here. (laughs) <laughs> like, you see, these people are my peers they're my heroes my past and present 
my past and future secret Santas. <laughs> Their approval is the most important things to the world to me, or so I thought. Gentlemen, token ladies, I have an important announcement <laughs> to make. Some of you may or may not recognize the woman standing beside me. Her name is Celeste Cunningham, and she is a Democratic Congresswoman. <gasps> grumble, grumble, grumble. From the state of Vermont. Oh. No. And she's my lover. That's right. She's my liberal, hippy-tippy mama, McGurvy chick, my old lady. She, she was our chief adversary in the Shineheart wig hearings, and she wants to tax us all to death and make it legal for a man to marry his own dog. But I think what we have is special, and I'm proud of her, and I'm not going to hide it any longer. I'm Jack Donaghy, damn it, and this is my woman. <laughs> Snaps all around. It was almost very sweet. Then the Republicans start announcing their hidden shame. So we've got, I gave to NPR last year. Oh. My children go to public school. <gasps> I'm gay. I'm black. <laughs> and then she wants to let them know that in 1984, she voted Reagan. And then we get a little too far, but still real. And someone says, I murdered my wife. It was the same guy who donated to NPR. So it must be like a link. <laughs> Did you know that if you donate to NPR, you're 50% more likely to kill? <laughs> It was funny. Really funny. Good episode. Great writing. There wasn't for I, I, there was not a subplot I didn't want to visit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Usually there's something I do not want to pay attention to. But I thought it was ensemble fantastic right here. Mm-hmm. Should we take it to the chat now? Chat now. Take it, take it, to, the it chat to the chat now. now. Chat now. Ready? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. <gasps> Bro! We all did 94! So for the first time ever, we've all three scored at the same, a 94. Woo! Consensus. What? Next week is Luda Christmas. <laughs> and I personally am pumped because I have always wanted a paper shredder and photo scanner. I don't, I didn't watch it yet. I've watched it for a while, but I feel like I remember loving Luda Christmas. But the scene on the, after the yacht, after Kenneth's party where he takes them all to task, I thought that was Luda Christmas. So... I'll be interested to see what happens next week. We'll find out next week, kids. Thank you for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time when we figure out what the hell happens on Luda Christmas. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. (laughs) The awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. (laughs) We love you, Frank.